0: Welcome to Rochambeau, the podcast about unique competitions and the extraordinary competitors that make them happen. I'm Kim.
1: And I'm Ted, and thanks for joining us. Hope you got to hear our last episode. We covered the coffin race that takes place at Frozen Dead Guy Days in Nederland, Colorado.
0: If you missed it, go back and give it a listen. And I would recommend that you use CastBox. Rochambeau is supported by CastBox. It's a fantastic app, and it makes it really easy for you to search for your new favorite podcast.
1: Yeah, it's really cool and very intuitive, and we encourage you to give it a try. But now, on today's episode...
2: Some kind of weird East German car from the 50s. A 1963 Volvo 544.
3: You're going to take a Vietnam attack chopper and make it an amphibious race car?
2: It's a car that has a giant foam
4: space shuttle on the roof. A 1958 Wartburg
2: it's with a Subaru engine in the back. It's just enough parts to hold all the bit together in a big V8.
1: Yes, 24 hours of lemons. This is something I've had my eye on for a while.
0: All right. If you guys didn't catch the reference, and to be honest, I didn't at first, (laughs) The 24 Hours of Lemons is a play off of The 24 Hours of Le Mans. Le Mans. Yes. The 24 Hours of Le Mans. Is it Le Mans or Le Mans? Le Mans. Le Mans. It's French. I don't know. I I stand by my question. (laughs) (laughs) The 24 Hours of Le Mans Mm -hmm. is a historic, highly respected race that showcases some of the best engineered race cars in the world. Millions of dollars are spent on these things.
1: Right. It's fancy pants. It's la-ti-da. It's hoity-toity. Yes. But lemons? Well, that's the direct opposite of that. (laughs) Pretty much. Instead of the high-pressure racing with expensive cars, it's extremely low-pressure racing with cars that theoretically cost less than 500 bucks.
0: We talked to Nick Pond, one of the main organizers for 24 Hours of Lemons, or as he put it, no less than the third man in charge.
4: There's really only three uh, of us full-time that that go back to the beginning, so I'm either uh, top of the heap or bottom, but uh, the worst it could be is third in command. My name is Nick Pond, and my official title is the Associate Perpetrator of the 24 Hours of Lemons So I work with uh, Jay Lamb and Jeff Glenn, and we knew each other from doing a lot of old car events, road rallies, um, just locally in the San Francisco area. Jay came up with the idea of just the name 24 Hours of Lemons, and it was so clever that he felt like he had to do something with it.
1: It really is a good name. It's quite clever, now that I understand it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That was only the beginning of the clever. It started as a lark and just some dudes racing crappy cars.
4: Our main uh, mission in life, I guess, is to make racing both less serious and more accessible to sort of the average car guy, that you don't need to be rich or especially talented to do a Lemons race. Although, if you are rich and talented, you're welcome as well. (laughs) The very first race we did uh, in 2006 was more or less a a one-time thing for us and our car buddies and we got a lot of press we were working in the car magazine industry at the time and uh we got a lot of press from our magazine colleagues about our event and then we got response about hey i didn't know about the first one when's the next one and we were like oh i don't know i didn't and never thought there was going to be a next one. And uh, so slowly over those first couple of years, you know, we went from one race to three to six to ten. And um, starting in about 2009 is when we kind of evened out at our current schedule, which is about 20 races, give or take a year in this country, I should say, because uh, we have franchised it to a group out of Australia that is doing events in Australia and New Zealand.
0: All right. Let's talk about what we'll call the spirit of lemons, which makes this whole thing work. Yes, let's. What is that? Well, it's about not taking racing or anything really too seriously. And that absolutely applies to the rules.
4: The way it works is uh, we have an electronic timing system and the the overall winner, uh, such as it is, is determined by the number of laps completed so it's a timed race but whichever car has completed the most laps within that time is the overall winner Um, although i should mention that we try to de-emphasize that part of it we've got a series of other awards um, and we consider the other awards such as the most heroic fix the i got screwed award those awards are, are, have more cachet, in our mind anyway, than winning overall. Um, the grand prize is called the Index of Effluency, which is a uh, play on the Le Mans Index of Efficiency Award. And the Index of Effluency, in a nutshell, is doing the best with the worst car. So like, if you come with a car that's utterly terrible and you finish in 100th place, we have a very arbitrary way of determining that that is actually a better accomplishment than the much better car that may have finished in the top ten.
0: Who are the judges in this competition?
4: Well, we've got a a series of uh, expert judges, and uh, I say expert. They they actually they're all very knowledgeable um, about cars, but unlike other race series where everything is written into a giant rule book we are very upfront about the fact that every decision we make is totally arbitrary and made up. And if you don't like it, you just got to deal with it. So our, our judges are a very humorous bunch. Um, it's a group of guys that have been around cars and know about cars, but are just kind of sick of the nuts and bolts and very technical way that other race series approach the idea of trying to reach a mythical level playing field or whatever it may be. Cause there's always going to be some, controversy over, oh, well, that guy's his interpretation of the rules was this, and that's illegal because of this. We just make it up on the spot. And we found that our accuracy in terms of creating fairness is at least as good as having a giant rule book.
0: That's awesome. Well, what about the um, qualifications to be able to participate? I know the $500, what else is going on?
4: Well, we ch- there there's two aspects to eligibility. One is for the cars and the other is for the drivers. For the cars, the the $500 cap only applies to the car itself. Anything related to driver safety is exempt. Um, we didn't really realize this at the beginning, but over the years, we've determined that our racing is just as dangerous, if not more so, than other real forms of racing. At the beginning, we said, hey, this is just a joke. You don't really need to have all of that stuff that, that other real race cars have. Now our safety standards are high enough to where people are spending thousands of dollars on their, on their safety equipment. So that's how the car eligibility breaks down. We want the cars to be cheap and, and not take themselves too seriously, but we also want them to be safe. So that's kind of the the basic parameters for that. Uh, for drivers, you just have to have a street driver's license. That's it. That's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, you know, we we wanted to have, a, a, you know, a lower barrier of entry to uh, wheel-to-wheel car racing. But I think we've also discovered by doing that, and maybe this is just dumb luck, but we've discovered that – specialized knowledge or skill about racing doesn't necessarily make you a good or a bad Lemons driver. Um, I think, I don't know if this is a myth that was perpetuated by race car drivers themselves, but I think there was this idea that being a race car driver was like some kind of super specialized thing. It was like being an astronaut or something. And we found, no, it's just like a guy who puts on a ridiculous suit and then, you know, drives on a track instead of on the street. That's it. There, there isn't, you know, some guys are better than others, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not like you're cut from some completely different cloth.
1: I like the attitude that everyone can race and that it doesn't necessarily take any special skill outside of a funny suit. Well, you do have that skill down. You do enjoy a funny suit. True. I also enjoy cars that cost 500 bucks. But looking at some of the cars that race, it's obvious that some of them cost way more than that. I asked Nick about how all that works.
4: For first-timers that show up at a race, that's one of the first things they say. They say, oh, I know for a fact that car is more than $500. Right. And I think there are... There are three answers to that. The first is, yes, some stuff we just let go because it's so awesome that we don't care. A good example of that is uh, there was a Porsche 911 that was crashed and they put in a diesel engine from a from a volkswagen jetta nice. and did they spend more than 500 bucks probably <laughs> would you want to ban a diesel 911 from racing <laughs> no so we just let in so that's the first uh the first way you can get around it um the second way is the amount and this is actually the legitimate way to do it the amount of creativity um, in terms of cutting costs and 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 literally keeping it under that $500 cap without necessarily looking like that from the outside
2: mm-hmm.
4: has, is a real art for some of these guys. There's a team of engineers um, out of the LA area and they are just, you know, we went to the junkyard, we bought 100 shock absorbers and we tested them all <laughs> And we picked the four that were the best, and then we sold the rest on eBay. And then the third way you can get around the uh, the spending deal, or, or this is actually the way you don't get around it, but that might not be obvious to the observer, is that we have a penalty lapse system. So if somebody shows up with a car that is obviously, you know, you guys went over budget, you don't have a good story, you don't have a bribe, right. you know, you get negative 20 laps, and you start that way from the beginning. So... Um, <laughs> So those are the three explanations, I would say, for um, for the $500, uh, uh, for perceived overspending on the $500 right. limit.
1: For fudging the $500. I like it. So I, I know that bribes and cheating are a big part of it. Uh, is that still true?
4: Yeah, that's absolutely still true. And that goes back to... The idea that, you know, in in real forms of racing, there was always like, I mean, even all the way up to Formula One, there's this perception, oh, Ferrari is getting special treatment, and they're, you know, getting their test engines earlier so they can develop them, and there's all of these theories, and that guy's cheating, and he's not playing by the rules, this and that. We decided to make it totally out in the open that you can come, you can bribe the judges and it will affect you, uh, positively, um, as a result. And, uh, you know, if you're the guy who came without a bribe, well, that's just too bad for you.
1: Right. (laughs) So how sick are you guys of seeing Miatas?
4: Um, you know, the, 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 so I would say, uh, the BMW three series and the Miata are the two cars that. Publicly, we say we're sick of, and I think people are aware of that, um hey, those lemons guys don't like those cars showing up. <laughs> the reality is the reason why there's so many of them, and maybe the reason why we're somewhat tired of them is that they're really good choices for sure. lemons cars yeah. as you can find them cheap, they're reasonably durable, they're reasonably fast um so you know it 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 comes back down to is your attitude right for lemons or 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 not and you can kind of spot it um there are teams that you know you can tell these guys are steely-eyed racer guys and they're out here trying to win and all they (laughs) care about is beating the next guy and Uh they've got a miata okay that's a problem but if you show up in a miata and it's painted like a cow and everybody is dressed up in cow suits all right that's the hey good choice Uh (laughs) good platform for a cow race car
1: for sure
0: (laughs) oh my god i love a cow race car (laughs) 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 too cool ted this sounds right up your alley but you have never done it correct
1: not yet and i have a miata and a cow outfit so i don't know why not you're ready to go i know well we got as far as checking out craigslist and talked about clever themes and team names and i think team names are a very important aspect
4: my favorite team names there are some that are incredibly literal and the, it's, there was one that was, like, Team Rob, his loser friends, and his idiot brother. And then, like, they showed up, and it was exactly that. It was, like, hi, I'm Rob. And then it was, like, you know, three losers and then, and then a brother that wasn't as smart as Rob. So... <laughs> Um, There have been some really good ones. There was Team Good Luck Everybody Else, and there was How Are Those Guys Winning? Oh, this is a good one. It's uh, As Seen on TV Racing, and their thing was a Kia that was dressed up as a Chia Pet, and it was called the Kia Pet. But uh, yeah, people definitely uh, get into the spirit with that. By far, the hardest thing is getting the four guys together to right. actually, you know. <laughs> yeah, coming up with the names is probably the part.
1: easiest part, and then actually doing it and showing up is the hardest part.
4: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> do you guys get big crowds to come and watch? Are there people who follow events to different places? Like, do you have
4: fans? Oh, man, um, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, generally speaking, nobody wants to watch Lemons. Yeah. Um, no, the vast majority of spectators that we get are uh, people affiliated with the team somehow, uh, friends and family of the teams. Um, you know, I, I don't know why more people don't want to come see it. Um, it's, uh, I mean, every time I watch a car race, I actually find it to be kind of boring, so I don't blame them. But um, on the other hand, I guess people are going to other car races, so uh so, yeah, like I like it would I,
0: be so much more aesthetically interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Place. Well,
4: and um, it's much more hands-on if you come to a Lemons race. Uh, you, if the spectators have full access to the, for, to the paddock, so you get to walk around, you get to see people working on cars. Um, Lemons teams, generally speaking, are really friendly, and they love talking about their cars. So uh, that's an experience that you might not get uh, as a normal spectator to another kind of race. If you're a car nerd, um, it's a great place to go see some really incredible backyard engineering at work and and getting a chance to talk to the people that have put some of these ridiculous things together.
1: This is my jam. I love these crazy things. (laughs) Well, if you love crazy things, you are going to love
0: Speedy Cop. He's the competitor best known for making amazingly outrageous rides.
4: Speedy Cop, um, is uh, his real name is Jeff. Uh, he's, uh, <laughs> he's an actual police officer, um, and he, for whatever reason, has the desire to build the most ridiculous eye-catching stuff, um, or, or among the most ridiculous and eye-catching stuff in Lemons. Speedy Cop loves a few other things in life um, other than talking about
3: himself. So my name is Jeff Block, but everybody knows me as Speedy Cop. Talk fast, run fast, drive fast, Speedy Cop. I've been a policeman for over 22 years, been racing for about 23 years. I've been into lemons since 2009, and I always say lemons is just amazing. It's the most fun you can have legally with your clothes on. (laughs) Uh, We have... My crew and I, my my team is Speedy Cop and a gang of outlaws. And together we build like really outrageous and unusual vehicles. And uh, of course, Lemons rewards creativity more than do raw speed. So some of these cars, they're not not the fastest thing on the track, but uh, they're mind blowing when you see them go by. And, you know, that's what we go for. We go for the uh, like, what the heck did I just see? And you can't get your phone out fast
1: enough. (laughs) You're right, Kim. I do like Speedy Cop. I
3: mean, how couldn't you? All right, the phone is out. Speedy Cop, what am I going to see? Most people will build one car and then fine-tune it and make it great and then stick with it for years and years. And, you know, I have, like, automotive ADD. I raced it once, and I'm done with it. I'm ready to build the next one. I think a lot of the fun is creating something new and different. And then debuting it and just, you know, melting some brains when you got out on the racetrack and you're upside down tomorrow or your Cessna airplane, you know? I mean, the Cessna airplane is one of the more iconic ones for sure. It's, and I still drive that thing all the time. It's 27 feet long, 2,600 pounds. It handles great. It does about 100 miles an hour on the racetrack. And uh, it's a big, polished, silver Cessna airplane that goes down the street. And it's too much fun. It's, it's a parade on wheels everywhere you go.
1: An airplane that, much like the Penguin, refuses to fly. <laughs> Check.
3: <laughs> So the pop-up camper was a little Suzuki X-90 that had a uh, a pop-up camper body on it. And it was a good, you know, visual gag.
0: A truly quick mobile home? Check.
3: The speedy copter was very iconic. It was a Vietnam attack chopper. And we literally turned it into a street-legal road racing amphibious craft. And uh, that thing was beyond cool, in my opinion. It was like a 3,000-hour build, really just like the culmination of all of our efforts it was by far the most intense build we had done and uh, we were really proud of it
2: a
1: land sea and sky skycopter check
3: i wanted to do a sideways vehicle and of course you really have to use a van because you have to hide the vehicle underneath and uh there's no more iconic van i think to use than a volkswagen camper van and then because i wanted to keep it all volkswagen it's actually got a volkswagen rabbit inside of it so you're driving a vw rabbit but it looks like a sideways vw van so we call it the trippy tippy hippie van it's a lot of fun
0: A road tripping van that makes you think you're the one that's tripping. Check.
3: We have the Honda Accordion. That's a Honda Accord that literally telescopes and plays accordion music. It's actually a pretty pretty quick race car.
1: A Japanese economy car that plays traditional Bavarian music.
3: (laughs) Check. The, uh, the Upside Down Camaro was probably our most viral one. That was, you know, within hours of debut. At first it was Photoshop, you know, everybody's on the internet uh, crying Photoshop. And then the videos start coming out and they're like, holy crap, not Photoshop. Like this is real. Like this Camaro races upside down uh, and that car is actually now street legal as well. And it's owned by the Lemon series. So they use it for advertising purposes and put it in various automotive shows and things. Just filmed a piece with Jay Leno in it. So it'll be on his show soon.
0: Oh my gosh, it's Jay Leno. Jay Leno! When he popped up last, it was in episode four, and we were wondering if his head would fit in a horse's collar.
1: And listeners, if you haven't heard the one, go listen. But spoiler alert, probably not. It doesn't fit. No. I wonder if his head will fit inside an upside down Camaro.
0: Well, since that car is a convertible, I'm I'm going to go with
1: yes. Yeah, me too. Well, all of that building was not the work of one mad genius, though. It takes a team of mad Geniuses? genius Geniuses? Geniuses? Gen- Gen-
3: genies. I, I don't know, genies. Genies. <laughs> My team, uh, the Gang of Outlaws, they are a fantastic bunch. They're from like all walks of life. They're all volunteers. They come over here and put in, you know, a lot of hours building these crazy cars, and they don't always get the credit they deserve. Like for whatever reason, when I give like media interviews and stuff like that, it's well, Speedy Cat built this and Speedy Cat built that. Well, I might have designed it or thought it up, but these guys come over with me and these gals come over and they work so hard. They are a fantastic bunch you know, just random people that just think this is cool and want to be part of it, so.
0: Man, that is a lot of love. Uh Uh-huh. And a lot of work. Indeed. For Speedy Cop and his gang of outlaws, all that hard work has paid off with incredible vehicles that are a blast on the track.
3: Lemons doesn't reward the uh, race winner the highest. They reward the coolest car, the most ridiculous car that has no business being on a racetrack and yet goes out and does well anyway. (laughs) That gets the grand prize. And it's called the Index of Effluency. So, uh, You know that's what we're going for when we're out there we're not always going for the overall win the actual race but we're going for the coolest car you know what i mean and it just makes it so much fun because you get to drive hard in something that has no business being on a racetrack but when you're doing that in a 65 impala station wagon sliding sideways in every corner it's that much more fun like you're grinning ear to ear nonstop for hours you can't help it it's just too cool even for the spectators, it's a blast because people are wearing costumes and doing silly things. And when they make you do the penalties, I mean, they, they give you some crazy things you have to do, you know.
0: For example. Uh,
3: I've driven around the paddock, you know, shrink wrap to the roof of my car with a bullhorn telling anybody what a bad driver I am. You, know, you, might, you might have to do a Bob Ross painting on the hood of your car before you can go back out. I want to get you to try being creative on canvas. Just sit down and begin playing. And if you feel good about yourself and the world, it'll show in your painting and all these little things will happen. Or you know, put white face paint on and a black and white striped shirt and pantomime your crime on the track and things like that. So, oh
0: my god, that's hysterical. They have a
3: lot of fun with it. Yeah, it is.
0: So I was going to ask you what the vibe is like on race day, but I'm picking up. It's pretty damn festive.
3: It's festive and it's chill. Where I've raced in a bunch of different series, and uh, you know, I love racing. I love competition. Some races are just about the race. It's more. Uh, I don't want to say cutthroat because people are often friendly, but it's not like, hey, here, take my radiator. Don't worry about if I need it later. Just put it in your race car and go ahead and try to beat me. Lemons is a big family, basically, and people look out for each other, try to help each other, and they're there to have a good time.
0: That sounds like such a fun atmosphere.
1: Yeah, and it's got to be amazing to drive those things. To get more on that aspect of it, we talked to Anton Lovett. He's a Lemons legend who has participated in 84 races, and he prefers to be in the driver's seat.
2: I have driven a few of, of Speedy's creations. I've been more of a team member, a Rive and drive person. I have driven many, many, many thousands of miles uh-huh. on terrible racetracks and <laughs> terrible cars. I mean, my, my record at this point is five cars in a weekend. My name is Anton Lovett. I got into the 24 Hours of Lemons, well, basically in September 2006, when the first ever one happened. I... Uh, found out about it on the internet and asked myself, why was I not at this? And I've been to everyone since that I can.
1: What was it about it that drew you to it?
2: Well, that's interesting. It's uh, like everyone has uh, the crazy uncle who builds projects, that sort of thing. Right. Uh, Lemons is basically full of crazy uncles or project guys who actually get stuff built. Uh As opposed to things just rotting in the backyard for a lifetime. Right. It's a subset of a subset of people. Like <laughs> It's engineering geeks who actually get stuff done.
1: Right. I'm, I'm decidedly on the other side of that.
2: What got you interested in even doing an interview about, about it?
1: Well, I'm a reader of Jalopnik, and I've been following ah. Lemons for as long as I can recall. I used to work at Autotrader, so I love cars. I've done a little bit of autocross, but I love the creations at Lemons. Seems like it's a great vibe. It's racing, but not too serious about it.
2: Have you gotten a chance to hook up with a team out there? You really should drive if you get yeah. the, the chance.
1: I have not done that yet. I'm still, like I said, I'm still on the other side of the fence of not quite doing it yet.
2: Gotcha. All have, right, that's part of the point of of lemons. Is yeah. it's not just for rich idiots. It's for <laughs> all idiots. So
1: it's,
2: it's a lot of fun. It's a, a great bunch of people, and uh, it it very much does not take racing. That seriously, right. or about as seriously. I mean, if you, if it's, it's always been interesting to me that that lemons is filled with several different kind of subtypes. So there's the inevitable, I don't know, ten percent give or take of people who show up who are all squinty-eyed racer guys who right. want to dominate,
4: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh,
2: maybe twenty-five percent give or take who show up who are really into the theme aspect of it.
1: So okay, you
2: know, build build a, a replica something and really go all in, costumes, all the rest of it. Right. And then there's kind of the, the broad middle, you know, 40%, whatever. I'm sure my math doesn't actually add up there. But <laughs> you, that, uh, you,
1: you can make up numbers for our podcast. It's fine.
2: There you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that are just interested in doing it. I mean, but it, it's it's people definitely get, get into it, right. and not that many people – I mean, I've definitely known some some one and done folks, yep. but people who participate tend to come back if they can. Right.
0: All right. Editorial break. We did have our staff double check that math. Turns out it doesn't add up, oh, man. <laughs> but there's a missing 25%. And we did find out that there is a percentage of people who show up knowing absolutely nothing. So that's probably the missing math.
1: That could be it.
0: You know what? Those people
1: who know nothing, they are totally welcomed. Yeah. Probably encouraged even. Sometimes they even do quite well.
2: There are definitely people who have shown up with absolutely not the first clue about anything and have done really well.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Uh huh. One of my a, a great example of that would be out on the west coast the um, team Henry Viii. Uh huh. Uh
1: huh. Good name. So
2: they so <laughs> they they had a a giant Cadillac and they had all the all of Henry V Eighth's wives. And every four hours or so, they'd they'd kill one off by crossing it off on the on the car.
1: Uh huh. Huh.
2: And and it was they had no idea about anything, and they just <laughs> bought this car, put a cage in it, and had paid somebody to put a cage in it, right. and then showed up. They drove it to the track, no uh-huh. trailer, nothing, just all right. I've heard this. This is a fun thing to do. Let's right. let's see how it is, and it was. It was horrific.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
2: And they won the IOE. Cause
1: it, was, <laughs>
2: it, it proceeded majestically around the track for many hours. Right. And you should do it if right. you are at all interested. There are lots of teams out there that will take arrive and drives. I mean, it, it's never cheap, but often often worth it. Right. Uh, you can find the gear for pretty cheap. The Lemon's store has gear cheap. But if you're just going to do an arrive and drive or just do it once, you can probably scrounge up gear from from either the team or yep. someone they know. And then, uh, yeah, get out and... <laughs> you to, to do try. it. Yep.
1: If someone was going to do a team for the first time, what vehicle would you recommend, or what would you, uh, what advice would you give to a, a new?
2: If you're going to do it for the first time nowadays, it's been going for long enough that. The cheapest way in would just be to buy somebody else's built lemons car, because uh-huh. it's really the the five hundred dollar car ends up being a four thousand dollar car by the time you're all in with cage and safety and all the rest of it. Right? Yeah, the cheapest way in, if it's something that you're interested in, and, and there are lots of, or they tend to cycle through the forums and, uh-huh. and find a. A car that's got a history and that is up to this year's tech rules and uh, get out there. And expect that it'll blow up. Expect that you'll (laughs) screw up the first time out (laughs) and quite possibly crash out or blow the car up. But guys are also good that someone will help you put it back together.
1: Sage advice from a man who has put in plenty of seat time. One thing that scared me initially about a race like this or really racing in general is that I fear not knowing what I'm doing.
0: Do you fear this because of your pride or because of your safety?
1: My pride, other people's safety. Well... That is very fair. (laughs) But this crew seems really accommodating.
0: You know what? I agree. And beyond that, they'll even go out of their way to make it special. No less than third man in charge, Nick Pond, (laughs) he shared one of his most special memories.
4: You know, as much as we make fun of things and try not to take things seriously, my favorite memory is actually probably a little more on the serious side. Um, In a nutshell, there was a team... And the guy, one of the guys on the team, his father was in a wheelchair from a racing accident decades ago. And he had just determined that, you know, I'm never going to be a race car again. Meanwhile, a Lemons team... made up of a couple of guys that were all in wheelchairs. Uh, They built a Lemons car that had hand controls, and it was a Cadillac, and the team name was Gimp Pimp. Uh, It was a Cadillac, hence the Pimp, and they were guys in wheelchairs. So Uh, They had a, a very good sense of humor about their situation. And so the guy who was affiliated with the other team, who had written off his racing career because of his injury, went over to talk to these guys, just, hey, how do you get the hand controls to work, so on and so forth. One thing led to another, and the guys in the Gimp Pimp said, hey, man do you want to just drive it in you know during the race that was happening and you know it was like this 25 year thing that he had written off that just got ended because he went up and talked to these guys so he went out in the Cadillac and he immediately spun out and then he came back and said you know that's the best thing that's happened to me in recent memory so that's probably my favorite
1: you know I'm almost ready to get out there and give it a shot are you Me? No, but I'll come watch you race.
4: (laughs) I would
0: never sit in a race car. I don't even like driving at home in town, but I would come watch you race. Okay.
1: Well, that sounds good. Now, if you guys want to get out there and watch, build a race, and I'm sure you know by now that you should race, they hold races all over the United States and even in New Zealand.
0: All the info you need to get involved is at 24hoursoflemons.com. You'll find a complete schedule, pictures from past events. You'll even find teams that are looking for drivers and drivers that are looking for teams. They should get together. They
1: should. (laughs) They should. Right. Well, we have to give a big shout out to everyone who was so generous with their time big thanks to nick speedy cop and anton you guys are awesome i hope to see you out on the track
0: it was really nice talking to you guys and if you think you'll make it out there one day ted what is your theme gonna be
1: well hmm, how about dumb and dumber and even dumber (laughs) all right name names who are your teammates then (laughs) which one are you i am (laughs) i'm in the top three Ah, I love
0: it. (laughs) All right. Well, that is pretty dumb. I wonder if our listeners can do any better. I doubt it.
1: (laughs) Ah,
0: Zing. Not the smartest thing to say. No. Uh, Listeners, let us know if you have any great ideas about what a theme or a costume would be if you ever raced in lemons. Drop us a line and we will post up some of our
1: favorites. The world is a big, beautiful, and sometimes strange place. We encourage you to get out there and try something new every chance you get. And if you find a unique competition that we need to know about, please let us know. All the
0: music you hear on this podcast is courtesy of Atlanta Jazz Funk Legends Cadillac Jones. If you're not familiar with them, you really should be. You can find more about them at CadillacJones.com, as well as on Facebook and other social media outlets. And if you get a chance, go see them live. They are great.
1: Thank you so much for listening, and please take a minute and subscribe to the podcast. And if you're so inclined, we'd love for you to post a review.
0: So next time on Rochambeau, we have something pretty darn cool for you, because you know what? It is pretty hot outside right now. You know what cool thing's down, Kim? What's that? Christmas. Yes, Christmas. Get ready, people. We are bringing you a sweet Christmas in July spectacular.
1: Elf, yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay, then. It's going to be great. (laughs) Until next time, people. Goodbye.
1: fish sticks <laughs> <laughs> What the hell? man? <laughs> what is fish sticks? That's a fun word. No, like <gasps> the food. Not when fish when I have sticks. Stuff in my mouth. <laughs>